Am I in? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Maria, Mariano, multi-level marketing specialist. I love to call myself the multi-level marketing specialist. And I believe after 38 years, eh, Monique? Pretty much a specialist, right? With all the ups and the downs and everything that happens around us. Sometimes we can't control what's happening out there. That's our podcast on Thursday and Friday. Always sticking within our circle of influence and not our circle of concern, which is always much bigger. Unless we make so much money that our circle of influence and concern is the same size. Monique Stratton, that's where I want to get in life before I die where the circles are the same size, that if I don't like something politically, I can fix it. Anyways, long-term, big-time goals. Welcome, everyone. Today is Wednesday. That means it's Anthony Robbins, Awaken the Giant Within, and we're covering the segment on belief systems. And I was reading this this morning, and I said, oh, my God, oh, my God. I've been doing this all my life. It's been 38 years in my multi-level marketing where I intentionally exercise, giving people a reputation to live up to. As a mother, my children today are 25, 27, and 29. I exercise this every day with them, giving them power so they believe in themselves. And as a, uh, as an aunt, you know, like I, I never talk about that aspect, but I am an aunt to uh, my sister's children, my nephews and nieces. And it's so, so important my nephews and nieces, uh, Daniel, Vika, Adamo, and uh, Juliana, they were adopted at age five, six, and seven, and eight years old. My role as an aunt, um, especially with these nephews and nieces, is building their belief system. They come from very, very rough backgrounds. And having, having adopted them late in age, a lot was already crystallized in their minds on what they thought their future would be or how they saw adults to be because of the adoption homes. So it's a very powerful subject for me. So today it's leadership and the power of belief and we that have roles as leaders. So Monique, I'm talking to you this morning. I'm talking to Sabrina this morning. I'm talking to Marie-Pierre this morning. I'm talking to myself this morning and I'm talking to everybody out there that is in a leadership position. It is so, so important that we embrace this position seriously. Um, because it can be devastating to a lot of people if the leader is not 100% committed. So when people say to me, you're going to see Maria, I'm going to give you 300%. I said, no, 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 no. I don't want 300. I want 100 all the time. Just give me 100 all the time. So here, let me give you a few examples. It is important for doctors to choose their words very carefully when talking to patients regarding the condition or treatments. Do you agree? Okay. I will agree. Because my mom uh, died of cancer and her doctor, the way he chose his words were, were very drastic. You have cancer, the chances that you come out of this cancer because it's a highly aggressive cancer. And I was there in the office of that doctor. And when I walked out of there, my mother was dead already. Now, this was what's beautiful about the olden days, the doctors. They never really, you never really knew what you had, <laughs> okay? Maybe something in between. And I lived that experience with my husband, Mohammed, with a, with, that had a bra bone marrow transplant. Dr. Roy, who today is one of his very good friends, worked with Mohammed saying, 
We don't have much research on your type of blood disease, but I believe that you and I will be able to write science together. And he involved Mohammed in the research. So he's part, part of a research team. And it has been the most trying time of his life, something that's ongoing now for over 20 years. And yet the most beautiful time in his life because he got involved with a different type of group of people and the top with the top doctors in blood disease at the Maisonneuve Hospital here in Montreal. So I... I I understand the difference, the way doctors will choose their words to bail patients or completely remove all hopes of, of, of healing. So there are many, many studies that scientifically prove what is known as the placebo effect. For those of you on Zoom with me, okay, you understand the placebo effect, right? I can see you guys, okay? So what happens with the placebo effect? Now, you, I want you to take this out of just giving you a placebo, a, a placebo um, pill, right? So what the placebo effect says, it happens when somebody believes that the medication will be effective in curing them. That belief is so, so strong that they physically respond to the treatment, which in reality is just a sugar pill. Now, remember this placebo effect. Forget the pill. Put the pill being you that you inject in your children as a mother. You are destined for great things. You will accomplish great things. You will be empowering other people. That is a placebo effect words, or if you want a sugar pill that you give your children morning, afternoon, and night. So in the afternoon, I say to parents, the way you give your children a placebo effect is by writing them positive notes in their lunchboxes. Those on Zoom with me, who wrote notes in their lunchboxes to their children? Okay, That's a placebo effect. That would be a placebo effect. I do that with my husband. I, I, I fill him up with compliments and what I believe, Mohammed, you are an incredible man with that brain of yours. You're a doctor and civil engineer. You are capable of great things. And he's lived up to that standard I set for him. So it works for our husbands and wives. It works for our children. It works for us in a leadership position. This is proof of the power of belief and that doctors have an incredible ability to support or destroy patients with the words they say. So one of the challenges I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to to do this 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 weekend Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday. Try to see try to see and listen to the words you are using. Are they uplifting, or are they words that bring down? Leaders hold a tremendous amount of influence when it comes to building positive or negative belief in people's through through their words. So check your words. What are you telling your people? Right now, I'm meeting my 20% of my directors that generate 80% of results in, in my multi-level marketing. And it is so critical how I speak to them because these are the, the directors that have made our organization grow by leaps and bounds. It is critical to our work as leaders. It means that as a leader, they will live up to what I believe in you, Monique. 
And I know we've had many conversations and you know, I believe in you and you know, I know how to look at your qualities and you know, your number one quality is your charisma. Like you, you, you have this naturally. If you don't have charisma, you can build it. So I know where to put Monique and where she needs to emphasize her leadership skills. And then her performance will go from here to here. And actually, as we're speaking today, Monique is a prime example that if we believe in them, they will rise to the occasion. Remember also the opposite is also true. Choose your words carefully. How many parents that I hear you know, when you go on vacation, you go to Walmart or whatever, and she's yelling at her son, you're so stupid. What do you think happened? Who's heard parents treat their children stupid? Okay. What do you think happens to that child? The opposite is also true. That child will believe that. Our expectation are actually the ceiling that they'll perform. So if I raise the ceiling, my children, my husband, my wife, my leaders will raise their performance, raise the ceiling, raise the performance. To raise the performance, you have to raise the ceiling by finding out what their qualities are. And it has to be authentic. Like you really, really have to work with what is real. You can't be a charlatan or just what I call a, a fancy talker, right? Believe in them and show confidence by delegating important work. So here's an example. For my children, we would bring the deposit at home and my children would be counting the money, piling it up. Yasmin would do the, the you know, back in the days when we were actually doing the, the, uh, the deposit sheet, she would do that. Um, they would read the important mail coming from the government and we would include them. What would be your recommendation? Still today, still today. So it raised them. We treated them always as adults, young, intelligent adults all the time. In my workplace, what do I do as a leader? Well, I replace my important, my, my important work that I do. So I'll give you an example. I am very, I am a very powerful trainer. Okay. But what I have done is I've replaced myself by very powerful leaders, allowing them to train the 10 classes. I don't delegate situation to go for this and go for that. No, no. We delegate empowering position, which is training a sales force. And just this week, like there were 500 in attendance between the Anglos and the Francos, right? Or I give you another example. I start the ball with the guest events. This is an important responsibility. And then I delegate it. We begin by doing meetings and then we delegate them to our directors. I don't delegate something I don't like to do. I delegate something that is empowering. The same thing with my children. I don't delegate house cleaning. I delegate them reading my government papers. I delegate them, like just, just at the beginning of the year, I gave Yasmin $20,000. I said, girlfriend, invest it for mommy and make it grow. Like delegate things that are empowering. Trust them with them, with, with, with what you're delegating. Trust their judgment. Make sure you're leaving them room to be creative. This is what we do as leaders, as moms, as spouses, to build them by matching our words and our action. I was saying to, to Sabrina and Marie-Pierre this morning, it's so important as a leader that I exemplify what I want my team to do. If I'm not an example, 
100% of what I want my team to do, how can I expect my team to do it? Would you guys agree? Like, I used to smoke when I was young. And my father, once when he caught me smoking, he was yelling, like, the whole nine yards. But I had no respect for him because he smoked. So remember, as leaders, you cannot ask your child to keep their room clean if you don't keep your room clean. Did you like that, moms and dads? Okay. So you have to exemplify. In my business and multi-level marketing, I, 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 I want my team to show up at meetings and I want them to show up at meetings. Hey, Monique, with the camera open and everything. Do I exemplify? Yes, Monique, exactly. Do I exemplify that, that I'm at all the meetings? You know, I don't miss one single meeting and I'm the busiest person in this organization, like literally. And I don't miss one single meeting and my camera's always open. Can I demand that from my team? Absolutely. Can a director demand that from their team if they're not exemplifying? Absolutely not. So we see cycles in, in, in leaders that go up. And then the and then the leaders go down. In my company, I call it. They go. Well, I use bingy debong, but I can't say it here because it's a podcast, right? So, you you make sure your words and your actions are matching. Now, to go further into detail, I believe examples are very powerful. I'm going to leave it up to Sabrina. Thank you, Sabrina. Present yourself. Talk about the sharing. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Maria. Yes, I will give you two examples uh, about uh, with high school teacher or, or with teacher. Why? Because I'm an ex-high school teacher and I know that there's one place that you can really have an impact. It's when you're working with kids. So as parent, it's the same thing. So I, 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 I'm with retired from <laughs> from teaching since uh eight years now and uh yes i'm in mlm so i can have both example first of all i just want to thank you everyone for the sharing of the group uh, if you did not see the right now the challenge that you have this week it's to have two new person in the group to be in the draw for a new book. But be sure that when you're sharing the uh, group to your friends, be, sh be sure that uh, you explain it, why you add them to the group, because they cannot be part of the group if they don't know what is the group. So be sure that yes, you're sharing, you can invite them so we can see that you invite them and you will be in the draw, but share the link of the group by messenger and tell them, I invite you to this group because I love this part. So they will understand why did you, you did it. Uh, and the two examples that I have, it's, uh, and I have my son that takes their lunch this morning. <laughs> uh, the two examples that I have in the book, they said that there's one teacher, Marva, that uh, Tony Robbins met her and she did a big, big difference with their uh, student because she they were in, um, in the uh, ghetto, if, if we can say it like that. So... The problem is that when they from they are from uh, this kind of place, they don't have, as Maria said, 
cheerleader that tells them you're good you can do stuff you can you you can accomplish your life so she decided to be the cheerleader she decided that the problem was not what their capacity she said that i know that they can learn everything but they need to believe that they can learn everything and i will be the first one that i will tell them you can learn everything and i can challenge them so she decided to teach them shakespeare and people said my god if they are not able to learn uh the base how can they able to learn this and she said they can learn everything i will show them so she did three things first of all she get them to hold themselves to a higher standard so she showed them that they can they can learn more and they can wish more she assists them in adopting new and power belief to to break the old limitation that they have and she she gives them all the skills and the strategy that they need to accomplish it and there's one sentence that one of the kids said that i, I really really love when he, he met tony robbins he said that the so, the society may predict that my future but only me can determine my destiny so yes we can all say oh they are from if we're talking from uh quebec they are from north montreal they won't be able to accomplish anything but the only person that can change their destiny it's the the the, the person when they decided and i was teaching in um uh i was teaching with people that with students that was struggling a lot they they failed too much to be in another classroom so when they were finishing in my room in my classroom it was because they failed too much and i was the last one possibility to stay at school so it was my my student and the the problem was not their capacity the problem was their belief about their capacity because when you're failing two or three or four times and you're 16 you are in secondary two because you're not able to go higher you said their school is not for me and I won't be able to success in life. And it was my 12 kids that I have in my, my classroom. And I decided to take out the program and build a business with them for one month. Because we have a football team in uh, our school and I, we decided, they decided as a group what kind of business they wanna build and they create a scarf and talks for uh with the logo of the team so the 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 young people that they were not able to do nothing was doing this business was doing interview was doing advertising for newspaper for radio they were creating 
And at the end of the year, everybody in the school was wearing their stuff. So after one month, after all this, they, they win prize because they make money with this business. We did some activities. We did some, um, we, we give some money to, to the cause that they decided with this money. And after, when we came back to the program, they know that they were able to accomplish stuff. This morning, I found those kids on my Facebook and I saw that Dave is have his own business right now. I saw that some of working for Bell Canada, I realized that they are now in business and they have great jobs. I have one of my kids, they were loving uh, working on Caterpillar. It, it was there's mindset. And what is the picture of her Facebook? Him in a Caterpillar. So I said, oh my God, they, he realized their dream, but it did, it did not finish at 16 when people said you cannot do anything else than nothing. <laughs> so it's, it's, if you're taking this information, you're in an MLM, what can you do to show to the, your people that they're able to be in success? Because showing to the people that they are able to be in success, it's changing their belief and they will be in success. The, the, the belief came before the success. So I always say, look for somebody that believes in you and get away from those that put you down. It's a choice, right? Run the other way. When somebody brings you down, don't say a word. Do not empower their negativity on you because they're it's just a reflection of themselves just run the other way run forest run run the other way run the other way and marie pierre is going to have a fun exercise or examples to give you that you're going to find on the facebook group take it away marie pierre thank you maria so yes i have seven points to cover with you because yes we have maria who is with story, with philosophical <laughs> way to explain. <laughs> we have Sabrina with a real example. But if you are someone like me, you need some point to take notes. <laughs> so I have seven points. That is a summary of everything you heard this morning. <laughs> so it's seven essential beliefs for the leadership success. So if you are a parent, you are a leader. If you are in an MLM, you are a leader. If you are everywhere, you have a, a leadership position in everything we do. So find where you are a leader and you can um, learn these seven beliefs to make sure that, yes, you are a leader that will be in success. So the first one is identity determines fun function. So the most important thing about you is who you are, not what you do. Because who you are will always find behavior, behavioral expression. So believe you matter, believe you have a place, believe your talent fulfill a unique function within your organization. So emulate great qualities in others, but never lose your identity. Number two, leaders go first. So pointing the way is the beginning, but modeling the way is essential. Number three, people come first. The higher you go, the more necessary it becomes to focus on people. So know people, respect people, 
challenge people, support people, and serve people. Number four, it's treat everyone like a volunteer. Oh my God, Maria always say that. <laughs> treat everyone like a volunteer. So winning hearts is more powerful than coercing conformity. But number five is coach to maximize potential. So coaching through challenges, develop people, and will deliver great results. Number six, focus on opportunities. Problem-solving distracts. So overcome the false belief that fixing problems deliver lasting value. Leaders who constantly put out fire have lost their effectiveness. So leadership concerns the future. And number seven, it's progress from perfection. Imperfect action today is better than perfect action tomorrow. So style talent drive leader crazy, perfect as you go, not before. So that's the seven point. That is a summary of everything we learned with the philosophical with Maria and example Samina. And yes, I will put that document on the group Limiliana de Diama, so you can just print it if you are like Maria or just keep it in your computer if you are like me. <laughs> <laughs> Did you print it for me? Yes. <laughs> okay, I love it. I love it. And, and I'm very intentional about building my leadership each day. And 38 years, I was sharing with someone yesterday, uh, not, not in my business. I said, you know, there's not many people after 38 years that are still going up, 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 and upper. Okay. A lot of people go up and then they go back down to where they began. They go up, they go back down to where they began. They go up, they go back down to where they began. Simply because they have a very difficult time accepting mentoring. They're not coachable. You can't mentor them. So they start uh, affiliating themselves with people that perform less than them or equal to them. So their ceilings aren't being raised and they can't raise to the next level. Versus example, I have Annie Marcha in my organization and I'm just blown away that year to date, she's at nearly 900 thousand dollars in income after six months but annie still today does not make a move if she doesn't call me doesn't mean she listens to me no but she's coachable and she's mentorable but she will she will share with me what she wants to do simply to see if she's absolutely convinced about it to see if she convinces me because this this is the rule if you're able to convince someone who's above you then you're absolutely sure your plan is going to work. Now, if you hate being criticized, if you hate having a plan that's torn apart, then you'll never grow. I remember it like yesterday, Marie-Pierre, when people all agreed with me in my office, I called in Lynn Ali. I don't need people to agree with me. I need them to, to, to tear apart my idea because if I absolutely believe in it, I will convert you to believe in my idea. And I don't get frustrated, you understand? On the contrary, I just get more convinced. So in the end, leaders have a unique opportunity, a very unique opportunity to continually interpret where you want to go, to continually interpret how you're going to get there, to continually interpret why you will make it. But the question is, who is mentoring you? Who is coaching you? Who is guiding you? Are they people you want to exchange bank account with? 
If the answer is no, you've got the wrong mentors. You've got the wrong leaders. And that is so, so important. So when you're young in my business as a leader, what happens is you're coached by your upline and then there's me. And then eventually you become that upline. Eventually Annie does her own organizational coaching, but you've got to be an example. So we leaders awaken the giants within people. It is a huge responsibility. And I like it, Maripia, we have to lead by example. We don't tell them, we show them how we behave. So if you lose it as a leader, you're going to have your, your, your children lose it. If you are in a parking lot at Costco and you get out of the car and start yelling, excuse my expression, like an idiot because that person took your parking place when he simply didn't see that you had your flasher to get in. Yeah, but he saw him. Okay, why are you yelling? Go park your car further and get some exercise. Okay, like, is this is what you're teaching your children in the car? So think about it. Think about it. We are leaders. There's many places where our leaders are we setting the example. Thank you for joining us. Tomorrow, we're going to cover Stephen Covey, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And you're going to understand how we're able to be incredible leaders when we build our characters, our characters, one mile deep, one inch wide, and not one mile wide with one inch deep. Love you guys. Catch you tomorrow morning. Monique, my friend, always a pleasure. You know where you're going, eh? Annie Marcham, telling you right now. And plus, plus, plus. Okay. Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>